Chapter 12 of Calatin, Our Little Alaskan Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Calatin, Our Little Alaskan Cousin by Mary F. Nixon Roulet Chapter 12 The Splendor of Sagali Tai The tundra was greenish-brown in color and looked like a great meadow stretching from the beach, like a new moon, gently upward to the cones of volcanic mountains far away. The ground, frozen solid all the year, thaws out for a foot or two on the surface during the warm months, and here and there were scattered wild flowers, spring beauties, purple primroses, yellow anemone, and sassafrages bloomed in beauty, and wild honeybees, gay bumblebees, and fat mosquitoes buzzed and hummed everywhere. Ted and Callaton were going to see the reindeer farm at Port Clarence, and as this was to be their last jaunt in Alaska, they were determined to make the best of it. Next day they were to take ship from Cape Prince of Wales and go straight to Sitka. Here Ten was to start for home, and Mr. Strong was to leave Callaton at the mission school for a year's schooling, which, to Callaton's great delight, was to be a present to him from his American friends. "'Tell us about the reindeer farms, Daddy. Have they always been here?' demanded Ted, as they tramped over the tundra, covered with moss, grass, and flowers. "'No,' said his father. "'They are quite recent arrivals in Alaska.' The Eskimos used to live entirely upon the game they killed before the whites came. There were many walruses, which they used for many things. Whales, too, they could easily capture before the whalers drove them north, and then they hunted the wild reindeer. Until now, there are scarcely any left. There was little left for them to eat but small fish. For you see, the whites had taken away or destroyed their food supplies. One day in 1891, an American vessel discovered an entire village of Eskimos starving, being reduced to eating their dogs, and it was thought quite time that the government did something for these people, whose land they had bought. Finding that people of the same race in Siberia were prosperous and healthy they sent to investigate conditions and found that the siberian eskimos live entirely by means of the reindeer the government decided to start a reindeer farm and see if it would not benefit the natives how does it work asked ted very well indeed said his father at first about two hundred animals were brought over and they increased about 50% the first year. Everywhere in the Arctic region, the tundra gives the reindeer the moss he lives on. It is never dry in summer because the frost prevents any underground drainage. 
and even in winter the animals feed upon it and thrive there are as it is said hundreds of thousands of square miles of reindeer moss in alaska and reindeer stations have been established in many places and as the natives are the only ones allowed to raise them it seems as if this might be the way found to help the industrious eskimos to help themselves but if it all belongs to the government how can it help the natives asked ted of course they have to be taught the business said mr strong the government brought over some laps and finlanders to care for the deer at first and these took young eskimos to train each one serves five years as herder having a certain number of deer set apart for him each year and at the end of his service goes into business for himself why i think that's fine cried ted oh daddy what is that it looks like a queer tangled up forest all bare branches in the summer that's a reindeer herd lying down for their noonday rest what you see are their antlers how would you like to be in the midst of that forest of branches asked mr strong no thank you said teddy but Calton said reindeer very gentle they will not hurt unless very much frightened what queer-looking animals they are said ted as they approached nearer a sort of cross between a deer and a cow perhaps they are more useful than handsome but i think there is something picturesque about them especially when hitched to sleds and skimming over the frozen ground the farm at teller was certainly an interesting spot ted saw the deer fed and milked the lapland women being experts in that line and found the herders in their quaint parkas tied around the waist and conical caps scarcely less interesting than the deer two funny little lap babies he took to ride on a large reindeer which proceeding did not frighten the babies half so much as did the white boy who put them on the deer a reindeer was to them an everyday occurrence but a boston boy was quite another matter better than the reindeer however teddy and Calton liked the draught dogs who hauled the water at the station a great cask on wheels was pulled by five magnificent dogs beautiful fellows with bright alert faces they are the most faithful creatures in the world said mr strong devoted to their masters even though the masters are cruel to them reindeer can work all day without a mouthful to eat living on one meal at night of seven pounds of cornmeal mush with a pound or so of dried fish cooked into it on long journeys they can live on dried fish and snow and five dogs will haul four hundred pounds thirty-five miles a day they carry the united states mails all over alaska i should think the dog would be worth more than the reindeer said ted 
Many Alaskan travelers say he is by far the best for traveling, but he cannot feed himself on the tundra, nor can he be eaten himself if necessary. The Jarvis expedition proved the value of the reindeer, said Mr. Strong. What was that? asked Ted. Some years ago, a whale fleet was caught in the ice near Point Barrow and in danger of starving to death and word of this was sent to the government. The president ordered the revenue cutter, Bear, to go as far north as possible and send a relief party over the ice by sledge with provisions. When the Bear could go no farther, her commander landed Lieutenant Jarvis, who was familiar with the region, and a relief party. They were to seek the nearest reindeer station, and drive a reindeer herd to the relief of the starving people. The party reached Cape Nome and secured some deer, and the rescue was made, but under such difficulties that is one of the most heroic stories of the age. These men drove 400 reindeer over 2,000 miles north of the Arctic Circle, over frozen seas and snow-capped mountains, and found the starving sailors who ate the fresh reindeer meat, which lasted until the ice melted in the spring and set them free. I think that was fine, said Ted, but it seems a little harder on the reindeer, doesn't it, to tramp all that distance just to be eaten. Animals made for man, said Callaton briefly. A Golden glory filled the sky, running upwards towards the zenith, spreading there in varying colors from palest yellow to orange and deepest reddest red. Richest red, glowing streams of light streamed heavenward like feathery wings, as Ted and Callaton sailed southward, and Ted exclaimed in wonder, What is it? The splendor of the Saghali tree. Footnote. Way up high, chief, i.e. God. End footnote. Said Callaton solemnly. The Aurora Borealis, said Mr. Strong. And very fortunate you are to see it. Indeed, Teddy, you seem to have brought good luck. For everything has gone well this trip. Our faces are turned homeward now, but we will have to come again next summer and bring Mother and Judith. I'll be glad to get home to Mother again, said Ted, then noting Callaton's wistful face. We'll find you at Sitka and go home with you to the island. And he put his arm affectionately over the Indian boy's shoulder. Callaton pointed to the sky whence the splendor was fading, and a flock of birds was skimming southwards. From the skies fades the splendor of the Saghali tree, he said. The summer is gone, the birds fly southward, the light goes from me, when my white brother goes with the birds. Unless he return with them, all is dark for Calatin. The End End of chapter 12. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. End of Calatin, Our Little Alaskan Cousin by Mary F. Nixon Roulet.